the phrase, my favorite piece of submarine trivia is the most gym statement I've heard in a long time. Yeah, no, it rules. <laughs> I unfortunately have more, but that's the only one that's remotely interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 folks, I got more material. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Funny Papers. A show where three 30-somethings share collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me I'm my friend Sam. We are having an accident. And Jim. Sing to us, Muse, of Velour and the Man. Well, we finally did it. There are no more Nickelodeon episodes of Doug. <laughs> we have completed the journey, and now uh, we talked about I think we just need to take a minute to talk about what it all meant, to have a bit of a retrospective. And put off the Disney episodes for as long as <laughs> Yes, that part is yeah. also critical. <laughs> That's the most critical part of all. <laughs> what do you guys think? How did, how did it make you feel? Uh, like, I... My end reaction looking at all of this is that, what was this? Why was this made? What was the goal? Are you talking about Doug or this podcast? Doug. This podcast, of course, like, I understand why you guys wanted me to come along on this one, because Doug is a baffling artifact. (laughs) Who thought this was a good idea? Oh, well, we did, because we wrote it, remember, in our early lore? (laughs) As part of attempting to analyze it, like, as has been mentioned elsewhere in the podcast, I'm a big data analytics boy. As such, I've devoted a fragment of my massive brain to finding something worth knowing about the 90s TV show, Doug. I just went digging, seeing if I could find any interesting trends, something to start a discussion to rationalize why any of this happened. There were 101 episodes of Doug, like, in individual stories, over its four seasons. Of that 101, in 27, nothing fucking happened. In 47, something kinda happened, but it's never referred to again. Kind of the sitcom standard. In 7, something happened that was openly contradicted by a later episode. (laughs) In 19, something was added that was referred to later. And one fucking time did anything (laughs) change. That, of course, being the election of Tippy as mayor. Yes. What's also funny about electing Tippy as mayor, uh, the one time that they needed the mayor to be in the story, they went with the old mayor. Right, yeah, she, that was, I think we, we were like, we saw it on the Doug Wiki that it said that that was her last appearance on the show. We were like, there's no fucking way. And then it was correct. (laughs) Yup. Tippy (laughs) vanishes from the universe on becoming mayor because, well, shit, (laughs) we, uh, changed something and we have no idea how to handle that. I do wonder how that, like, so, first of all, Jim, well done on that analytics. Like, holy shit, Jim made, like, charts and graphs and shit, too. And yeah, to maybe, we'll, maybe we'll put these charts in the episode description. In the that Patreon. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, like, first of all, thank you for doing that, Jim. And Mostly second, for my own purposes, because, no, I really want to figure out 
what the fuck was the deal? I want to attach some numbers to this stuff because otherwise it's not real. I wonder, though, how that lines up to, like, uh, other standard sitcoms, right? Like, how does that line up to, like, Seinfeld? How does that line up to Friends, right? I well, don't know. Well, here's the difference between, like, Doug and other sitcoms is, like, it se- they seemingly eschew, and I said this in the first episode, they seemingly eschew jokes and, like, <laughs> complex characters for like morals like it seems to be a morality show and i mean maybe that's what i should have done numbers on is how many times they got the moral right like oh i I mean i can answer that almost never (laughs) that's like three i noted (laughs) that like of the 101 doug episodes 47 of them have something happen inside of the episode and then it's never fucking referred to again that's the sitcom standard an event mm. occurs, but it does not impact the wider world in order to stop you from having to worry about continuity once the show goes to reruns. That's right. normal. The weird bit about Doug is that a full, like, 27%, it's pretty even math that way, <laughs> of the, yeah, 27% of the time, nothing happens. Not a goddamn thing. Like, mm-hmm. when I, my criteria for nothing fucking happens falls in the same category as episodes like Doug gets a haircut. Nothing happens in that episode. But he got a haircut. He got a haircut. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he got a haircut. His appearance does not change. <laughs> <laughs> His appearance I mean, remains entirely identical, and he learns that in that episode, at the end of it all, he finds a place where he can get the same haircut he got before. Wait, in that one? Sorry, I'm like digging through the weeds of this one. I'm digging through the fucking recesses of my brain right now. Didn't the barber come back at some point? Didn't that nope, barber? Not no? fucking once. You sure? Not once. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that episode featured a retroactive callback, which, again, that was a kind of thing that these shows did all the time, where you say, sure. well, actually, it's always been the case that yada, yada, yada. And something that will never come up again. This was a constant thing, and some of the more interesting ways that plots get screwed up in later 90s and early 2000s stuff is when they do retcons like that and then forget, oh, right, we're trying to make a continuous story. That makes a lot of earlier plot points make no fucking sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I do love that that episode, the haircut episode, was always our measuring stick for, like, is this episode interesting? Yeah, (laughs) I I briefly thought about putting together a boredom index, but... uh, (laughs) Oh, shit, good luck. (laughs) My favorite bit of uh, information on that one is the first episode where nothing fucking happens is the pilot episode. Doug can't dance slash break yourself before God. (laughs) Nothing happens. Not a goddamn thing. Well, he did, like, poison himself with the bug spray, right? Remember true. when he, like, sprayed the bug spray in his fucking mouth? Yes, <laughs> this is true. Like, it's also a gross little bug. Yeah. <laughs> it He's does also... establish the important trivia that Doug never accomplished fucking anything. He's just kind of there while the universe happens around him. I mean, I think that that is, I think that is the most common for a pilot episode of a show, right? Like, it's very common for a pilot to not have, like, stakes in the rest of the universe and just be, like, a tour of the people, right? Isn't that usually what happens? I don't know anything about TV. It's a tour of the people, but normally there's at least some kind of example of the conflict that you can expect to encounter. Like, okay, this is the kind of thing you can see when these wacky characters start bouncing off one another. 
And to jump forward to a further piece of analytics I did. Let's <laughs> yeah, see here. Sick. Yeah. Uh, the first episode where there is a conflict between existing characters and their motivations. Holy episode shit. Episode 33.2. <laughs> <laughs> Which one the was that? The Funny one? Furry Ball. Oh my god. Wait, was that the one with dad teaching Doug to be a pitcher? Yes. In that oh episode, god. the parents actually conflict with one another about their desires for their children, while their children's desires conflict with those. That is ah. the first goddamned episode of this TV <laughs> show where you see the desires of our protagonists conflict. I will say this about pilots. Usually, the characters aren't quite imagined correctly as they will be yeah. later but in doug they are they have gotten <laughs> all of the development they're ever going to get by the pilot so kudos True. Yeah, i guess they they even do like uh they the one thing that i think is consistent with the like that tells a story about the characters that is consistent later in the pilot is that doesn't skeeter get himself tied up in a knot and then in the big brain genius one he gets his fingers tied up in a knot so we know that skeeter is able to tie his limbs into knots on the pilot yeah right, they, <laughs> they reuse the same physical uh visual joke three seasons later yeah that's kind <laughs> of interesting because it also follows another one of the weird trends insofar as there comes points where you can tell the writers are just saying, we forgot to put a joke in here, something funny happens in the background. Mm. Skeeter ties himself into a knot. The dog is playing golf. Something like that. Do we think in the original script, like in the very, in the original, like, uh, uh, like draft of each of these scripts? And I mean, I guess this might, this might be a question for just like all comedy writing in general. If it's like, do you write, and I, and I say comedy writing in like giant air quotes in this, yeah, like, yeah. do, do you think it goes like they write out the plot points and then they put in like, comedy beat in like in like brackets right to say like hey put in a joke it literally depends on the writer some writers just do a general sketch of the plot and then rewrite uh most notable uh it was one of the simpsons writers that says like a psycho libertarian he did his first um like interview with the av club like a couple of months ago and he would like he, what he d does is he makes a really bad first first draft where he'll just like if he can't think of something funny he'll say homer says something funny here and then he'll <laughs> just like once he's done that's the hard part for him yeah once yeah. he's done with that he goes in and does the easy part from which is just rewriting so he sure. just shoves jokes into it yeah. okay. one of the classic uh, examples of this is there the writers for the Marx Brothers there was just a point where they came to the conclusion we these guys are just too good at improving and so just occasionally they would just have a line in the background of a script when at the point where all right we need something funny to be happening Harpo does something funny sure just because all right he's a physical comedian this is how he he does something wacky all right we'll trust to his talent Sure. I mean, I get that for like live action for, for live stuff. Right. Especially when it comes to like, hey, wasn't that how uh, uh, Kirby enthusiasm worked is the entire thing is improv and they just say, like, here's the general premise now. Just fucking I mean, off. to some extent, but like some of the other parts, like there's always some scripted bits because a good line is a good line. And if you can set sure. it up right, then hell yes. Fair. All right, cool. None well, of those and Doug. There's none oh, of those and Doug. We know. <laughs> well, there is a couple. Can you imagine what lines in Doug were ad-libbed? <laughs> oh. 
Oh yeah. Oh, let's think about that. The outer takes. Uh, it's God. done a hundred percent by Billy West. I'm <laughs> yeah. Put my chips down right now. <laughs> or it's probably Phil. all the all the lines that get stuck in my head, like strangely. No, but those are all lines from Phil, and Phil doesn't isn't voice. Well, all the, the Doug he? lines that get stuck in my head. Strangely. Oh god! Like the the reason this comes to mind is uh, there are you're familiar, of course, with the '90s Disney movie Aladdin. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's that opening bit <laughs> where uh, Robin Williams does a uh, extended thing where he's trying to sell you some miscellaneous copperware. Yeah, yeah, he does it in a, in a very cool voice. Yeah, he does it in a very cool and not at all racist caricature voice. But the other thing about that is the surviving, like, minute and a half of him doing that was they brought early 90s coked out of his brain Robin Williams into the Disney studios with just a room full of props, mic'd him up, and let him go to town. And that he evidently kept fun. going for a solid half an hour and the one and a half minutes of him doing it that remain are the only minute and a half they could use. <laughs> nice. Very Love sniffly. It. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of cheeseburger sounds. Ah, weird. <laughs> oh, man. All right. But back to Doug. Like, what, what kind of, like, metrics do we want to talk about in this? Do we want to talk about, like, I know, Jim, that you've made your massive spreadsheet of like th- things that things that, uh, like mostly so I can refer to it as weird topics come up. Sure. Do we have a favorite episode? Let's start with that. Ooh. I should have thought about this before asking the question. Actually, yeah. <laughs> what is the thing we like about Doug is worth interrogating? Oh, there's a first thought. Yeah, let's make a list of like things that we actually like enjoyed about the show. I know there are lots of things that we don't. Let's start on a positive note, right? What are things that we enjoy about the show? My single favorite thing <laughs> about the show is the Uncle Happy's old clown lore. The okay. amount of You're, Uncle well, Happy's not of our old, show. Yeah, the <laughs> amount of crap that we could come up with based off of just this tiny corner case in Doug's life that you can expand outwards into this whole exciting rainbow of interest and weirdness. Because evidently that's the thing that people liked about Doug was that you could believe this was a world people lived in and that was what carried the show because God knows wasn't nobody gave two shits about Doug himself. Hmm. Hmm. I liked all the good jokes in it. (laughs) What's your favorite one? Uh, what about when Doug goes in the shower and has diarrhea. I'm not talking again. I'm not talking about bits from our Sam, show. This is why I got <laughs> the spreadsheet. It'll give you something to look at, something <laughs> to pull information not, from. Sam, open I, your honestly, eyes. My <laughs> my, uh, my favorite episode is probably Doug's brainy buddy. Yeah, so why you say yeah. that? Because Doug just gets fucking slam a jam at that entire episode and rightfully so he's a huge dickhole in it i think my favorite episode from that criteria of doug getting slam a jam for being an asshole is todd the god man the one with uh with you know with todd his little buddy todd the god is a fascinating episode because it has a classical literature ref in it that actually fucking works yeah and it has todd (laughs) and it has todd (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also reminds me of the all, another weird Doug thing that they that they do is they like think Shakespeare is like 
cool and edgy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that a thing in the 50s? We talk a lot about how Doug is actually said in the 50s. Like, was Shakespeare being edgy a thing in no, the 50s? I No, Never. I think what this is, is it's kind know, of man. an echo of Jim Jenkins' whole deal of... Parody. Aspiring <laughs> to a higher degree of seriousness. Like, you can tell that what I'm doing is important because I am referring to Shakespeare. I am referring back to this classical uh, continuum, and I've demonstrated I know what I'm talking about about it. It's like the aspiration to moral in that it also just doesn't make any goddamn sense once you interrogate it, but... There is something to the constant references to Shakespeare about, look, no, really, I'm a serious artist, and now look at me talking about the things that made me anxious as a small child. Interesting. Hmm, yeah, but I think it was, I think more so than that, it's just, uh, this is a thing that smart people like. <laughs> well, that's the thing, they don't, it's not just, like, things smart people like, it's also treated as, like, something scandalous like something like they treat it like you should treat beavis and butthead that was only in the babysitter episode right no but judy is also somebody who doug is constantly opposed to because she's a weirdo she likes shakespeare but that's not like scandalous right yeah i'm just going off that one episode but they also they also put in shakespeare as like a monster movie character oh that's true. that's that just an good. entire joke the art school kids appear at the honker burger and terrorize the uh soda jerk with a synchronized song about their order Sure, I mean, I, like, they certainly treat it as, like, a source of weirdness, right? It's sort of, like, only, maybe it's, like, only weird people are obsessed with this guy. Or, or maybe it's more so that, like, artists are obsessed with this guy and artists are inherently weird. And I just remember the line, wow, your trial is just like something out of Shakespeare. And, like, yeah. fuck off, Jenkins. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> that famous play. The trial Shakespeare of... has diarrhea in the shower. <laughs> and the Zahn trial from Mephistopheles. <laughs> and we're gonna kill his dog. <laughs> Starring Iago the parrot from Eladmi. <laughs> For the first time. <laughs> now that's God. idea. The Gilbert Godfrey Doug crossover episode. <laughs> I'm surprised that didn't happen. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey is all the rage in the 90s. He should have played Porkchop. <laughs> should have played Phil. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, the, like Aladdin is the thing that starts the trend of celebrity guest appearances in cartoons. I do think about that a lot as like the death of uh, indie voice acting is that it's just like, oh, you get the big names to be the voice actors and therefore like... I don't know, more indie voice acting isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah, nope, there's like eight people who get voice acting jobs, and that's it. The rest of them are, we're going to grab some random celebrity. As you mm. may have noticed, the uh, recent uh, advertisement for the Mario movie, thing that is happening despite Mike's refusal to believe his good friends <laughs> that it was, they've announced that all of the voice actors are extant Hollywood stars as opposed to, you know, voice actors. I listened to the, the Miyamoto interview when he went and Chris Pratt is Mario. He's so cool. <laughs> that was, was awesome. That on the Nintendo Direct. 
Yeah. Yeah, that rocked. That was my favorite part when he just goes, he's so cool. Chris Pratt being Mario should cause every <laughs> Italian American to ride in the streets. They're I mean, taking you're there taking your primary role model from you. Rage. <laughs> rage against the dying of the light. Truly is this a me. Oh. Mamma mia. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. <laughs> is Charlie Day Italian? Because he's Luigi. I mean, Charlie Day's in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That means he's basically Italian. Is that Italian? I don't know. I choose to. I it's things. about the adventures of a short, hairy man who's awful. So it's Italian in <laughs> oh spirit. Oh my god, Jim. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also Italian. <laughs> no. It's a you. <laughs> That's a me. Ouija. God, baby. Who, who's gonna, baby Ouija gonna be in the movie? Probably not. They're not that cool. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Speaking of characters, who are your guys' favorite characters? Oh, good transition. I'm saying Phil. Why? <laughs> Sad. Just, just like looking in a mirror. Real cool, Sam. Real cool. I'm probably older than Phil was portrayed in the show, actually. You think so? You're probably yeah, about probably. on par for age. 30s. Mm. Well, recall, Doug is uh, 11. So. 11. But Judy's 16. Right, and it's also a hyper-Christian family, so they definitely like had sex and made kids at like 20. I would think he's like 40. Also, Phil's had sex, so that <laughs> makes him another another candidate for being my favorite character. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I aspire to that someday. Yeah, someday. Real, real cool, real cool, Sam. Real cool. <laughs> You just aspire to be Clown Phil. <laughs> yeah, so what? You want people to follow you. You want people to alone. You want people to follow you around. <laughs> Does he say the cheese stands alone? Yes, absolutely. I hold the dairy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. So we know that Sam likes Phil. Are we talking like are we talking uh your you can favorite use any criteria you want? Great. <laughs> Uh, my favorite character is Judy. I like Judy a lot. And this is like, I know that you're saying Phil is great because he's sad and depressing. <laughs> but I like Judy because she's actually like cool and like decent. And I like her theme song the most. And like, I like the sleeches better for theme songs. Sure. True. But like, the, yeah, I w that's true. But and like, for the fact it, that they hacked the FBI. Is that your favorite character, Jim? The Sleeches? No, no, the Sleeches are slightly like stereotypical representation of my people. Of course, of course. The Sleeches, the Sleech Brothers, should be shaped like Mario and Luigi. They yes, are. they're not. <laughs> they're, they're not. One of them's not taller. They're just double Mario. All right, double I want Mario. one of them to be. I want one of them to be tall and skinny, but have the same face. <laughs> yes. when they, yeah. One of them gets in their mech suit and becomes Luigi. <laughs> God, now that's a fucking image. I think my favorite character, just in terms of the depth it brings to Jim Jenkins and <laughs> the writers in general's psychoses, is the character of Mister Bluff. Okay, Mister Bluff is somebody who it is necessary to show absolute fealty to, but it's kind of embarrassing that you have to show absolute fealty to this fucking loser. Yeah, that's true. That's a good answer. 
He's a stupid buffoon, but he's a stupid buffoon you dare not oppose when he establishes that, yes, actually, my people are the only people who have ever existed in this land. <laughs> he is a, he's a heel, but at no point do any of the characters, like, you know, beat him in his own game. He always dominates at the end. Right. He's a heel who wins. Yes, he's a heel who's never lost. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like Butt Savage in the last episode. There's this hateful, malevolent, oppressive presence, and you cannot beat it. Yeah. Wow, that's depressing. Literally bluffing ton. Oh. Yeah. This is Jim Jenkins' conception of authority slash God made flesh. Christ, what an asshole this guy is, but man, I can't do anything about it. And what can we say? He's right, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably works. Phil probably works for him. Oh, In some yeah, sense, I mean, yes. he, he works at the Busy Beaver, which is probably a town thing, right? right. Yeah. It's probably, Almost definitely it's probably Walmart, which is owned by the Bluffs. Right. And they sell screws and bumper stickers and that's it. And fails photos. <laughs> screws, <laughs> yep, those three things. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's actually a tremendous markup on Phil's photos and he doesn't know. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. a rare indie period where he tried to actually take pictures on his own. We treasure God. them for their despair quotient. Hold up. Okay, so who are your least favorite characters? Hey, you haven't given us your... Oh, yeah, you did give us your... Yeah, favorite. I like we Judy. Judy's my favorite. Who's your least favorite? Doug. You <laughs> have to say other than Doug. All right. Yeah, other than Doug. Fair. Good point. Any of Doug's alternate universe selves. Sure. No, that's still Doug. Not... Like, Doug is the obvious answer, obviously. But, like... Yeah. Who is a cl- who is the distant second? <laughs> there we go. Now we're thinking. Uh, oh wait a minute. I'm gonna what say, am- go ahead. Go on. No, no, no. I was gonna say I really like Dale too, but go on. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dale, Dale, Dale rocks. I'm gonna say BB's uh, mom. Oh, because she does all the same things that happen to Mister Bluff, but has none of the W's. Interesting. Yeah, she, she just gets... has the one L. That's it. <laughs> he loses once, and uh, it is revealed as tragic and embarrassing. This woman thinks that it will impact her daughter's development if she doesn't get what she wants. Yeah. Which, I mean, on the one hand, yes, that is a type of overprotective parenting thing that happens. On the other hand, hey, sure would be awful if your parents gave a shit about your development. Isn't that right, <laughs> Doug? Yeah. Oh man. I think I think my least favorite strangely like cuz I liked this character for a while, but I think they did a real dirty. I think my least favorite character is Loretta because I think that Loretta was like had real potential to be like more involved in the town and to be like they could have taken Fenfra girlfriend Right, and Come they could have taken Fenfra. They did an episode like, about this. It was like the third episode. And, and But that's the thing. They did that, and then she just became a background character, right? Like, she was there all the time, but never had, like... Any you lines. Know, any lines or any sort of substance. And I think she could have done been done really well, but I think that I, I was just sad that she was, that she got left behind, you know? 
In fairness, this is around 1993, and the suburban Virginian is having some very complicated feelings oh. about the existence of immigrants. Good point. And so you think this is one of the characters they put in to be like, look, everyone is just like you and I, right? Like, I mean, interesting. That, that was the theme of the first inter- the episode where Fentruck was introduced. But when Loretta came up, we have an entire episode about how duplicitous but potentially still having money mm. immigrants are. Damn. Also, I just one thing I just realized: the one character in this show that isn't married that has romantic relationships is Judy. Zero other characters have like boyfriend or girlfriends. Huh. Like, I hmm. What about Mr. what about Bone. Roger's mom? <laughs> oh, Mr. Bone, you're right. You're right. Oh, Mr. Bone, but also Roger's mom. Just who's Roger's mom, Dane? Uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, no. God, oh, that's me owning you, Roger. No, Fucking your no, mom, no. Roger. Maybe she dates Phil. I don't know. <laughs> now, gave that's Phil a, a hand job in 1969. Oh, God, I don't in know. In the clown outfit. Oh Christ, <laughs> it's me, Uncle Happy. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's a good point. Who else who else goes on a date? Theta also got done dirty because like when does when do you learn her name? (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. Like season two? Yeah. I don't think you learn Theta's name until uh the grandma episode. (laughs) I think it's the grandma episode where we learn her name. Good point. All right, that was season one. The first grandma, yeah. Let me check real fast. Hold on. I think it just seems like women characters. Yeah, dog on the wild side, 8.2. Yep. Yeah, it, it kind of seems just like female characters got done dirty in this show. Oh, that's right? weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, weird. Shit. Like, in terms of like, characters I least liked, um, Larry. Larry has no reason <laughs> to exist. Larry I love is Larry. Larry <laughs> is there to be a slight, so there is somebody lower on the social scale than Doug, and I find this premise offensive. That's kind of the sleeches too, right? Larry is just my large pink father. <laughs> <laughs> I love Larry. He's just there when you want someone to be awkward, <laughs> and it's not Doug. Yeah, Larry is there, so Doug has somebody he can feel superior to, and I'm against this as a premise. Larry looks like a pink version of those fish that swallow you in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The cheap chiefs. Yeah, no, the big cheap chiefs. The, one that you. <laughs> the expensive expensives. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh man. What other things are we talking about? Okay, so we've Okay, done wait, the- wait, wait, really quick. Whoa. Yeah. Uh other than Doug is Slay for a Day, what, All right, what is yep. your worst episode? <laughs> Good point. Okay, other than Doug is Slay for a Day. Let me look. Let me, yeah, because that one's just in the toilet forever, right? We know right. that one <laughs> is unquestionable, the worst one ever. I I gotta give it to the uh, Doctor Klotzenstein versus Food episode. Okay, that, that's that a truly mm. awful Quail Man episode with some awful subtext, and also the moral in and of itself is awful. For yeah. those of you who don't remember. Aside from the whole weird TV is poisoning you because of people with the last name Stein making you eat junk food bit, that's just a side factor. The main moral of that one is 
if your friends aren't hanging out with you, it's probably because they're just planning to throw you a party. <laughs> yeah, that was a good moral. <laughs> I think we need, I think we also should categorize this into two subcategories. One is the one that you enjoy the least. The other one is the most morally reprehensible. Good, qual- good point. Good qualification. Yeah, because we kind of enjoyed the awfulness of the worst fucking episode. Nah, yes. <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh, Weez. come on. For, for le- Roll around on the dirt in my clothing, you little worm. <laughs> sure, that part was fun, but the general premise kind of puts a stain on that one, eh? It's also fun because Doug is not slave for a day, he's slave for a week. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. They fuck it up. In they the fucked title. up every part of that one. It ruled. <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, I think uh, the most morally reprehensible one that isn't the slave one is Doug's magic act. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very strong contender. Good that's the contender. most incel last episode. Yeah. Yeah, he just straight up, like, emotionally abuses Patty the entire episode, and she apologizes to him at the end. Yeah. That was sure, sure just fucking awful. I think, so, I think the one that, like, the one that's the most, like, morally confusing to me <laughs> is the Christmas episode. <laughs> the Christmas episode is excitingly baffling. <laughs> that was just so fucking confusing because it's like, hey, Merry Christmas. We, we're going to kill your dog. <laughs> also, the Sleeches have been making improvised explosives in a shed out yeah. back. Yeah, the Sleeches straight up in canon in universe are making weapons also we're gonna put your dog in a people prison because your dog can talk like people (laughs) also Also, mr bluff is racist against dogs also the mayor is still the mayor and tippy's not here anymore even though tippy is called the mayor (laughs) i wonder if they had to do an audible with that that's what we were thinking, right? Uh, we were yeah, thinking that they yeah. that they added in that uh, that scene of them being in the the radio station later because they like he was being the mayor for the rest of the episode. And then they were or, like, yeah, I remember I said I said something like if she was the mayor, he could have just gone to Tip and been like, hey, uh, can you see see that my dog doesn't get executed? Exactly, right? <laughs> Why are you executing a dog on Christmas? This isn't what government's for. Right. Governments are trying to kill poor people. And that's the one that was like, to me, it was it was confusing, right? Because it was either if it was done as intentional satire, then that was a pretty good episode. But if it wasn't, then god damn. <laughs> yeah, that one was that one spent a little bit too long in the oven. That one clear there were too many people trying to take that in too many different directions. But if it was intentional satire, I would have really like honestly kind of liked that one other than the fact that it was the fucking Christmas episode. Yeah, the f- Christmasness <laughs> of it really factors in. Yeah. But I think, and then I, I think to your other question of like, what is the one you enjoyed the least? I, I really don't think it gets worse than the haircut episode. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say either the haircut or Doug's cooking. Oh, Doug's cooking! I, really I forgot about that Doug one. Cook, Doug's cook, which is also by our favorite author. Oh god, yeah, Doug's cooking did suck a lot. <laughs> uh, actually, here's my question to you guys. I okay. just finished bolding them all. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> which one of the four season finales did? you despise the most 
Wait, okay. For the viewer, which are the four season finales? The four season finales are, I'm using our title, Doug is over if you want it. The one where Skeeter is going to leave, but haha, no. Okay. Doug's lucky hat, a.k.a. the Oogieverse. Uh-huh. He came, he saw, he honkered. <laughs> the incel one. That one? What, you're going to be more specific. Which one was that one? That was the Doug's magic, magic Incel magic trick. Ah, magic trick. And okay. the gorge is death. The last episode. I'm going to have to go with he came, he saw, he honkered. <laughs> Uh, so again, is it least favorite in least favorite to watch or least favorite of like, you're just like, oh, Jesus. Either. More which, bo- one do you, which one do you find? Boring or morally more reprehensible? Because ha- <sighs> like the magic trick is morally reprehensible, but I had fun watching it because it was just, it was yeah. so. Oh, yeah. Like, I Magic hat was, was the most boring one. <laughs> I would say the most boring one was the last one, the funny five stages of grief. (laughs) The funny five stages of grief does have that going for it, but the funny five stages of grief actually had the interests of characters conflicting for, like, the third time ever in the show. And so I can't, in good conscience, call it the worst one. The one that I still hate the most is Doug is (laughs) over if you want it because they set it up to be a kind of good episode. <laughs> and then at the finish line, nope. they nope. shit their pants to death. I remember you wrote like a two page rant on that one. <laughs> like, structurally, just from a writing perspective, it is kind of interesting to watch and it is not utterly morally reprehensible. But just from a construction of a piece of art perspective, I despise that one. (laughs) The other ones, like Doug's Lucky Hat, is boring as hell, but for the (laughs) stupid-ass anodyne moral they're trying to do, okay, fine, whatever, God's love is mysterious. Also, Jim Jenkins' favorite episode. I Uh, liked uh, the Lucky Hat episode because it was about a wizard. (laughs) Wherefore art thou, Hamlet? Oh, God, I forgot about... Oh, no, I forgot about Hamlet. (laughs) Hamlet! Hamlet! Not Don't worry, it. he's in the beans. Tater salad. <laughs> oh, he's in the fucking beans. <laughs> <laughs> want some beans. There are, there are his beans. Man, I am laughing a lot right now about someone listening to the show who has not listened to any of our other episodes and being like, what in the world? Welcome to the cage match, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, I guess this was our stated objective on this one, though, so you can't get mad at us. Right, yes. You have you to get watch me- the last 52 hours, or <laughs> listen to the last 52 hours of podcasts before you can listen to this one. Please, Legally. please, I counted them. They are 101 <laughs> ep- hours of Doug content. Ah. 101 Dugmations, baby. <laughs> uh, it's like animation, but with Doug. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I... I don't know, man, like, (laughs) do we, okay, also, do we feel good about doing this? Do we feel good about doing what? The fact that we did this and did this Oh, yeah, absolutely, this rule. This was fun as hell. This was diving into something utterly inane to extract precious, precious comedy and also lore, the most valuable of all elements from it. 
That said, dear viewer, uh, we talked about before going into this, should we in this uh, uh, episode attempt to reconstruct the true Doug timeline? And what we came to as an agreement is that it would probably not work in an audio medium. (laughs) There are a couple of uh, points on this one just in terms of just the sheer, like, the big problem you run into is that if you want to do that, there are so many episodes where nothing fucking happens that you just kind of right. have to discount them. And the episodes where something happens and it impacts anything else are so few and far between. It's kind of arbitrary. But there were so many small clues in, like about thing, like yeah. season and shit, right? There's yeah. two anchor points. There's yeah. Tippy getting elected as mayor, mayor, and then there's the dentist episode where there's a calendar. Yeah. The, like the clear date. You have right? to, you have to revolve. That's what the revol- the other one is that the episode where Doug announces that it has been a year since his arrival because he's about to encounter Mister Dink nude. Right. There's a couple of other clear clear uh, points too. There's when Doug graduates is a clear point. There's also fucking Christmas and Halloween. <laughs> but but you have to figure out which episodes happen entirely in Doug's head. Sure. And that yeah. was the Oogie verse, right? That was where we we decide yeah, the that there's like a side where yeah. things may or may not have actually occurred. That they I almost do something kind of interesting with Doug because since the, almost every episode is done from his like narration from his perspective, you have a built-in dramatic device with the unreliable narrator. Mm. But the only thing they do with it is things that we make up with our mental illness. <laughs> yeah. You know what actually could make the Doug reboot if it ever happened, which now that I know about the rights dispute, I suspect it won't. They could do something to make that interesting. And the way you do it is that, yes, everything in Doug, like, it happened in some regard, but we only got Doug's side of the story. If we oh. get to see how everybody else saw this oh, little creep sitting no. in their class. Like, let's see Patty's side of the story. Let's see Roger's side of the story. Oh, let's my see God. them getting together for a very depressing high school reunion sometime like i don't know in the 2020s as their uh, framing device and talk about like oh god did you see that little fucking loser made a cartoon about our childhood and that's how he remembers it but you know that would never happen because it was like semi-autobiographical you know right? it was semi-autobiographical oh yeah like i'm assuming that jenkins has been completely cut out of this Okay. You know what would be great in the way that you described that right there is that in, like, when it changed narrator, when it changed perspective. The Dale saga! But yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying here is that everybody's also look changes right so that they wear the same clothes but like their faces are totally different they like (laughs) they have like different sort of like expressions one person's story is just totally like crayon cartoon animated right (laughs) like skeeters the next one needs to not be a reboot but a sequel exactly Doug in high school and the previous like five seasons all happened inside Doug's doodling and cartoons. Just right. a total reboot of of this uh, extremely cool guy drawing in his notebook. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that you're saying that in said reboot, literally nothing is canon? Yes. Yes. Other than that, Doug <laughs> Other draws than stories. Doug, Doug is a loser. <laughs> oh my god! This is just your fantasy show. 
Yes. You're and what's want, so wrong about that? You just want a 13 episode season of people punching Doug repeatedly. <laughs> this is all yeah, again. Part. What's wrong with that? I earned it. Did you? I talked about this show for 101 hours. I earned it. Okay, what do I get? Uh, whatever you want. Oh, boy. Whatever show you want. Skeeter, I want 30% of the time. Pizza and ice cream. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Just like Petsy. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Man. I do think by... Just speaking of the what pets do in this universe, I think yeah, oh. the most fascinating part of the extended Doug canon that I would not have guessed in a thousand years is the fact that Pork Chop having an active sex life is a bit of a <laughs> subplot. Uh-huh. It's a character do, trait, yes. Do, do you think Pork Chop is neutered <laughs> or spayed or which is the one for boy talks? I oh, think we established neither. way back near the dawn of the show that there's no way in hell Phil would allow his dog not to fuck. Oh, good point. Yeah, Phil would be like, that's not natural, son. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to make puppies, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, so it is pretty funny that that is like a subplot, though, because Porkchop constantly gets fan mail that is like scented. <laughs> That's yeah, perfume scented fan mail. <laughs> no, he just no. The dog just like sits on the envelope and smears like shit on it. And yeah, pisses yeah, on yeah. It. just rubs rubs the carpet, and then in in the path of like it rubbing the carpet is the uh, is the card. <laughs> right, and like folds up the letter with its with human hands and puts <laughs> it into the mailbox God. as all dogs can do when you're not looking at them <laughs> and fucking who was the mailman fucking mister oh god mister who name? cares he only showed up in the one goddamn episode yeah he's just like god jesus man he like he has gloves <laughs> when he picks it up from that house <laughs> he's like here's your uh mail order delivery condoms poor job <laughs> oh my god <laughs> This episode, we this this mail we had to send through the fucking delicer. <laughs> oh, shit. God. This mail was a level three biohazard. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, god. Damn, I didn't know that dogs were able to spell that many lewd words. <laughs> Do you think any character in Doug was supposed to be like secretly LGBT? Yeah, we talked about how maybe Judy, Judy came close. Judy came close. Not got quite because she did go on dates with boys, but maybe she was bi. Judy's the know. one where it's very believable if she turns out later on that, oh, that's why all of my dates with boys have been singularly unsatisfying. Weird. It would be awesome if Roger was. <laughs> It would be awesome if Patty was. That too. There yeah, was awesome the episode was. where Patty and Judy really Melvin. hit it off for some Melvin, reason. Melvin, yeah. And yeah, then weird. Was... For something about Melvin is much more appealing than Doug. <laughs> God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, Larry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Larry. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> Elmo. <laughs> BB ends up being uh, that lady who makes Miu magic. What's that? What's Miu magic? Uh, oh, God. There was some awful vanity movie that... Uh, remember the guy who was Treasury Secretary under Trump, Steve Mnuchin? 
Yeah, he made, he was a producer on the first Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> yep, he's married to a model who made a vanity movie about how cool she is. That's cool. Oh, nice. And it's like just that. it's by all accounts it's really fucking bad, but in an entertaining kind of bad way. I would never pay money for it, but um by all accounts extremely funny. Huh. Not in the way that it intends to be. Just like Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very uh. much the same genre of hi, somebody obscenely self-absorbed wants to talk about their personal experience. Parody. <laughs> God, man. Well, like, what else do we have on this? Like, I think other than other than the true Doug timeline and knowing which things happened in Doug's head and which things happened in the real world, like. I think we've kind of got it. I think we've kind of told the story, right? I mean, the overall story of Doug has been clear from moment one. I Huh, that's weird. Yeah, huh, that's <laughs> the, weird. And remember to be honest, which was every fucking moral. Yeah. Remember to be honest, God himself will reach down from heaven and arrange things so the best thing happens as a result. Oh, yeah, and a father knows best was another moral that was yeah, constant. Father knows best, never go against authority. Never <laughs> yeah. once. There is a oddly positive thing about this insofar as, yes, it's a result of the obsession of somebody with the real-life Patty Mayonnaise, but the fact that Patty is given character traits on occasion outside of being the object of J Doug's desires is genuinely good. That was something that in previous, uh, like, sitcom likes and similar material, the Our Young Hero's girlfriend had the character of my girlfriend. Yeah. Never had an independent existence, didn't have independent uh, thoughts, desires, etc. For all that the cream rises to the top is a... <laughs> extremely psychosexual episode the fact that there's an episode where yeah one time i beat her at sports for a minute or two and no this genuinely wrecked her she defined herself around this thing that she is that is not me that's something laudable that's yeah actually... let's all say something nice about doug <laughs> all right jim just went yes. all right well, to, to, to real quick, this isn't my, my nice thing, but uh, to real quick piggyback on that, I think that the fact that in the end, Doug isn't like dating her. I think that that is good. I think that it yes. like shows that it's like it's it's not like his divine right as the hero to get the girl. Right. I think that that's nice. Like, I think that that is like could have been way worse. Right. Further stalling for time for both of you guys and also bring up <laughs> podcast lore. It is the reason that finally forced us to make this podcast <laughs> yeah. when we were linked. The discussion Jim Jenkins did on uh, the real world origins of Patty and realized, oh, God, we we need to investigate th what this man did. Yeah. Because telling the hideously embarrassing story <laughs> of finally the girl I had a crush on all through high school came out to visit me now that I was an artist in New York and the first thing she told me was wow check it out I've got boobs now they used to call me flatty patty uh... and the second thing that she said was by the way meet my fiance yeah just, I also like that he ugh. he called up the guy who inspired Roger and was like you inspired Roger and he was like 
all right. <laughs> That's uh, cool. How did you get this number, and why do you think you can talk to me? Oh, I'm really struggling to think about something just nice to say about Doug. I've got one. I So, okay, look, we've talked a lot about how they don't deal with anxiety as like a topic in a very good way, right? It's it, the, the topic of anxiety is always like, hey, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Stop <laughs> thinking about it, right? But the fact that a character in the, in the, at the time, like in the 90s, it was... I, I seem to remember it being strange that a protagonist of a show wasn't, like, the coolest, like, the, the number one, like, all-star, good-at-everything kind of person, right? That was usually kind of how it was. And yeah, the supporting I think it was, cast has the problems, and it's the protagonist's job to help fix those problems. Right, and so I think it was nice to see a protagonist that didn't have it all figured out, that it was okay to to have issues, that it was okay to be nervous, right? Now, of course, dealing with it in, okay, stop thinking about it, you were silly to think about it in the first place, is not a great way to... Be happy. End, yeah, be happy is not a great God way to... God will take care of it. It's not a great way to end that message, but I think the fact that it raised the topic was laudable, right? Yeah. It is blindly groping towards something <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> and it paved the way for better stuff, right? Yeah, it paved the way for better stuff, like all the stuff that was clearly a ripoff on the Doug formula that did it so much better. Sure. But it's something has to start it, right? Yes. I think it's nice when Doug thinks about buff Doug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? I, I, I guess I guess my serious answer would be this is the, I think the only show I've ever seen where it dedicates an entire episode to a male's body image issues. Oh, yeah. That's true. Which actually happens in the real life. So. Yeah. The fact that while, of course, they have some major issues with it, they do... <sighs> yeah, right. I had to cut off at the... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know how much I talked about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still have some very serious problems, but the fact that, all right, they are gesturing in the direction of an actual problem, that's something worthwhile. And then he thinks about Buff Doug, and I smile. Yeah, Buff Doug. <laughs> and Buff Porkchop. Yes. Slightly <laughs> smaller. But Tompkins, Sloots, and Glatz can't be denied. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love that you remember specific, like, extraneous quotes like that, Jim. You know the power of my lore brain. It's I a terrifying know you do. thing. Also, I, I don't remember do. their exact words. I just made those up because I know it's something like that. Fair. The last point that I do want to bring up because I was very proud of this and I did go through and check it. <laughs> We did crack the line repeatedly over the last couple of episodes about how in season four, suddenly Phil and Theta are part of Doug's life again. And so I decided, wait, I want to quantify that. <laughs> and so I put together a quick analysis using a parental involvement scoring system. Figure out the acronym on your own time. In season one, Phil and Theta appear... 32% of the time. That's higher than normal, but uh, like you would expect that because, I mean, they have to establish, hi, we're here, we exist. In season two, they appear a grand total of four times over the course of 26 <laughs> episodes. Score of 
Did you compare this to the dink ratio? Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. the dink ratio. I should really have done that because dink is a fucking constant presence. Until season four, he disappears by and large by season four. Yeah. Actually, buy me some time. I'm going to calculate the dink ratio. <laughs> oh, God. The dink, Think, the diss. Thinking about dink over here. Dink involvement, so scoring system. <laughs> Dink is CK. Help me out here. Dink is cool system. Dink is cool, kind of. Yes, that's what we're meant to be. But yeah, we'll just turn up that uh, Dink shows up all over the first, second, and third episodes, and first, second, and third seasons, pardon me, before trailing off in the fourth as they realize, wait, right, Doug has parents. Dinks into child care. <laughs> Ooh, that could have gone bad. <laughs> that could have gone bad. <laughs> bad direction. Ooh, uh, my brain filled in the blanks there. No, nah, don't do that. <laughs> no. We here at the Funny Papers would like to announce that nobody other than us is allowed to fill in the blanks of Doug lore. We are licensed <laughs> professionals, and our licenses did not get printed off by us. Yeah, we're like the Pope, but for Doug. <laughs> <laughs> in nomine Padre, <laughs> in nomine Padre, Doug, Todd, et Spiritu, Todd. Yes. Was, was the fossil episode Dink's last episode? Uh, uh, yeah, he appears I briefly in the... Uh, Tippy gets elected episode. Yeah, he's there. He doesn't have any lines, I don't think. Is he no, in I'm way out west? No. Zero hole policy. Skeeter's good brain. He doesn't show up. Dooms Doug Prepper. He does appear in Dooms Doug Prepper. Douglas, have you gone insane? Yeah, oh, true, yes. true, true, true. According Fair. to the rules, no, though he really should have. That would have been really fun. That's somebody who the old lady should have tried to bone. <laughs> who, Dink? Yeah. No, Mr. Bone only. <laughs> good point. Gang puts pork chop down. No. Duggan in the Garden of Good and Evil. No. Bologna and Ranch Lasagna. No. Truth or Doug. No. God, Truth or Doug was just such a fucking weird episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Fucking Clown Phil. <laughs> clown Phil was awesome. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, fuck. it's uh, it's zero hole policy. It's him talking no, to No, it's Doom's Doug Prepper. Doom's Doug Prepper is two later. What, what was hmm. Doom's Doug Prepper? The, the one I don't where, know any of the names. Yeah, I don't remember these. I'm Doom's looking at the Doom's Doug Prepper now. is the one where uh, the... That's why I have the notes tab over here, column J. Uh, getting <laughs> column worked J. up about bike theft is dumb. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Damn. Man, this chart is great, Jim. I like this. <laughs> I had to make sure because even I was like, wait, what the fuck episode was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? A, hold up real quick. I know this is a, a visual question in an audio medium, but what are the highlights? The highlights were episodes that were worth noting because of some weird bullshit going on. The pink ones I have highlighted are... The date with Patty, Judy has a new boyfriend, and Doug imagines Patty hating the date he had with her. Because those are the three that are kind of about Doug directly having his interactions with sexuality. And how horribly, cripplingly awkward they all are. And hey. Fair. The okay. ones I did in light blue are weird contradictions. 
And the ones that I highlighted in orange are just the particularly weird ones where something happens and it never comes up again. I.e. Skeeter is super intelligent. Patty is now Doug's tutor in math. Stinky has kittens. Get the idea. My favorite one of those was the time break, though. Doug's on stage for the one that closes out with Doug saying, Well, tradition's been changed forever. No, nothing changes. This episode is never referred back to. Nothing has been altered because you did a slightly different piece of art. You maybe entertained some people. That's all. Oh, yeah. And then there was a later episode about the Founders. There was a whole fucking Founders Museum. Yeah, the Founders (laughs) Museum and the Founders movie made by Mr. Bluff talking about how the history of Bluffington begins (laughs) with the Bluffs. (laughs) Oh, God. And not the pot roast of hospitality. God damn it. Bop, bop, ba bop. Remember way too much of this fucking show now. Yeah, welcome to Lore Brain, asshole. Yeah, pretty much. Well, now we're experts at something. <laughs> Finally. Yep. It sucks. Finally. <laughs> we should be, uh, we should uh, start our own university. <laughs> We here at the First University of Doug Studies are here to ask you a question. That question is, can you give us money? Yeah. Will you how give much us can money? you how much can you spare uh, to lose? The funny the funny <laughs> papers Institute for Social Sciences. <laughs> well played. God. You may ask, is there such a thing as an M piss? And our response is, who sent you? <laughs> God, alright, are you done calculating the ding score yet? Can we stop? <laughs> I, I can't calculate the ding score, God, sorry We have to stop recording Alright, let's just say that I had that too much fun another. with it, unfortunately I will later on include, by the time this gets to recording I will calculate the ding score And we can put it in the fucking description Great, good shit Alright do we have anything else we need to say on this before we close out? Huh. Are we weird. going to do the Doug <laughs> live show? Is that a thing we're going to do, or can I safely never expose <sighs> myself to that? You're the one that wants to do it, Jim. <laughs> like, I it's the I thing demand that, wa- that we do it. <laughs> no, you don't. You said you didn't want to do it. I demand. Can it even it. be found? Immediately after you stop recording. I, I can find it immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. Immediately yeah. oh, after God. We, immediately after we stop recording, Sam, you're gonna be like, hold up, I don't actually want to do that's, this. That's not true. Okay. That's you're probably lie. typing into the Discord right now. I don't want to do this. No, he's typing in the Todd image again. True, good point. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think there it is. Just type shut up, gentle viewer. I think we need to go on a little bit of a season break, uh, but... Because we've been doing, we've been doing this. No, I think this is the most prolific podcast I've ever heard. We've gone nonstop for fucking two years. There was one stop. <laughs> oh, but we, yeah, I guess. Oh, but anyway, I we think will we should... be on vacation. Yeah, uh, I, th- I will be doing everything exactly as I normally do it, except. I won't be wearing pants. And you won't be watching Doug, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Well, I will be reading the Doug Chronicles, starting with the Funny Haunted House, (laughs) which you bought like a year ago. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a a a show called Doug's Literature Corner and never record it. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds good. Actually, I wouldn't be averse to you telling me story times of these episodes. I'd find that deeply entertaining. I think you literally said you were going to do that a year ago. (laughs) I don't sound right. All right. (laughs) Well, look, dear viewer, in all seriousness, thanks for being here. This has made this way more special than it had any fucking right to be. You being here and being our friend throughout this listening and like if you chose to share with people glad bless you thanks for being here we'll thanks see for you helping we... us investigate whether jenkins did 9-11 god damn it jim we we'll can see... finally all take the mask off <laughs> we'll see you when we see you thanks for being here everybody goodbye honk honk i'm trying to take the mask off but it's not coming off uh little help here fellas